the volume. Oral Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. FanDuel is the best. They're America's number one sportsbook. It's so easy to use, safe and secure. What more do you need to hear here? There's fast payouts too, as quick as two hours. What a turnaround. And there's so many different bet types as well. The same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures. There's risk-free bets and the same game parlay bets, enhanced odds markets. There's so much more. It's fantastic. It will not let you down. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9889 in Tennessee. Or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome to the first brand new episode of The Sessions for 2022. I cannot believe that we're in 2022. I feel like we need like some futuristic like alien music playing right now or something. 2022. Here we are. We did it. Yay. Made it through the holidays. Had a hell of a time. We all ate too much. I'm still probably eating too much. But hey, such is life, right? Um, I'm really excited for this year. I'm excited for this year for this podcast in particular. I think we've got so much cool stuff going on, some really great guests booked, um, and some great conversations. These are the conversations that I want to be having with interesting, fascinating people. Which brings me to my guest today. What a way to kick off the brand new year. I have on Brooklyn Curry. She is a pro skateboarder, a model, and over a year ago of November of last year, was attacked by a pit bull and it ripped off her upper lip and a part of her nose. And she has been going through the surgery, um, to the reconstructive surgery to, to getting her lip back. She gets into all of the details about what happened, how this attack came to be, what the surgery process is like, what getting a new doctor to even pull off this surgery is like, how she has been able to maintain her positivity throughout all of this. She's been posting so much on her social media, um, just keeping everybody up to date on what's been going on and being so vulnerable with it and being so honest. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to see this day and age as we uh, are constantly trying to uh, shed that whole life is perfect. We're also perfect all the time situation. I love that she is just being completely honest and vulnerable about um, every little aspect of this and just being so positive along the way. She's such an incredible badass. Um, I really loved having this conversation with her. She's just such a bright light. You can really see that. And I could feel that. I mean, even just us being able to talk over Zoom, she's a pretty special chick. So I really love being able to talk to her. So guys, let's get into it. Here's Brooklyn Curry. Do I call you Brooklyn or Brooke? I've seen both. I know. It's like a back and forth thing. I get called like BK, Brooklyn, Brooke. I get called everything. Honestly, whatever you want. 
How were the holidays for you? It was good. I'm back home with family. I think family time is like the best time. So it's been good. It's been, I mean, California never rains and it's been raining. So I've been like really happy about that. I just moved to Cincinnati from Las Vegas and same thing, never got snow, never got it. But anytime we would get rainy days, I'm like, oh, thank God. Break up the days a little bit. Give me something. It's so good, but I'm so antsy. I like am, I have a lot of energy and I like need to get it out to sleep at night. And I like will go on walks in the rain and I'm like, what am I? <laughs> okay, what else do you do to get rid of some of this energy? Like I was telling you before we hopped on here, I've been like watching some of your YouTube videos and figuring all this stuff out. But yeah, you're like bouncing off the walls. You have all this crazy energy. I am like that type to like really get into one thing and do it for a very long time. So like, for instance, like surfing, I go and surf like every day and then I'll go and skate. And then like after skating, I'll go for a hike. Like it's a lot. It's California. I mean, I've, I grew up being outside. Like seriously, I'd get home from school. My mom would be like, go outside until the streetlights come on. Like I would just be outside all the time. So now I don't really know how to be inside if that makes sense. I feel like people can kind of take a little bit of that from you because I feel like everyone's so like, I mean, obviously with the last like two years or whatever, everyone's just stuck inside anyways, but it's like, what's new on Netflix? What can I binge? What can I do? It's like, get up off your fucking ass and go do something. (laughs) It's been such a transition too, from like the attack, like, Hey, you have to heal for six months or like six weeks. I, I, it was like, so new to me. I was like, I can't do that. Like you're asking me to do a lot right now, but like the normal person, it's like, Oh, thank God I get to stay in. But like, for me mentally, I was like, what is this? Like, I can't do that. Was that like one of the most difficult parts of like the aftermath? I like would literally rather be doing anything else but be inside. My doctor would be like, you can't skateboard or like you can't go outside and surf or you can't run. I was like, how does one do that? I have a TV in my room. I don't think I've ever turned it on. And like I did, I had to be like, let me just relax. You're in the minority with that, certainly, but uh, I'm glad that you were able to take the time. So for people that aren't familiar, I mean, I know your story has been um, on tons of different news sites and different outlets and all that. Um, But yeah, let's talk about the attack to catch everybody up to speed on what exactly happened with you. It's been over a year now, um, but early November of last year, what happened? I was, I mean, during COVID, so not really doing a lot, still going outside and skating. But my cousin had called me and was like, Hey, do you want to come to Arizona? I'm going to be there. They're originally from Chicago. So they were kind of visiting that area. And I was like, yeah, of course, like that's not too far away. Like I'll just come, got on a plane ride, went to Arizona. We got our nails done. And at the time I was taking antibiotics for, I don't even know what it was for, but I was taking antibiotics. So we had to go back to the house And this is like a part of the story. I don't really tell anyone because I find it really trippy. Her dog actually had like a skin condition. So it had kind of like bad skin, really itchy, irritated skin. So we went to this like nutritionist and she was like kind of like hippie, like very into like natural essential oils. And she like looked at me before I even said hi. Cause like when I walk in somewhere, I'm like, Hey, how are you? You know, she like looked at me and she's like, I just want you to know like dead eye contact. She's like, I just want you to know, like whatever you go through, you're going to remain positive. And I was like, oh, like, thank you. Like, that means a lot. And in my head, I'm like, what am I going through? Like, I hope I'll stay positive, you know, like, kind of like that. She said it like two other times after that. And like, finally, the last time I was like, am I going through something like that? You know about that? I don't like, because I was just really thrown off from like her saying that. And I was like, I really appreciate that. I was like, I hope I stay positive through like anything that I go through. Literally, and I kid you not, 15 minutes later, the attack happened. Wow. 
yeah, so then the attack happened. Um, I was in the kitchen. It was kind of like an L-shaped kitchen. So there was an island. I was like in the corner. My cousin was like moving pots and pans in the back, but I was standing up completely. A lot of people say that I had a treat in my mouth or I was bending over to kiss the dog. None of that. I was standing up. I was petting his head and I was like, you're such a good boy. He was like way down on the ground. I looked at my cousin and I looked back at the dog and he literally sprung like from the ground onto my face, like latched onto my face. And then my instincts was like, get on the ground, hold his head and go wherever he goes. So I was early on the ground, kind of like sumo wrestling position, like on the ground, holding his head. I was just like going with him and it had to be like 40 seconds. And then I finally felt like a release and I was like able to kind of push him away. But as soon as I did that, something like flew off and hit the wall and like went down. But I wasn't even thinking about that. I like got up and I was like, wow, that's such a good breath like of air. Like I can breathe so well. And then I was like, that's weird. Like what am I tasting right now? And I kind of like just looked down and blood just everywhere. So my cousin finally turned around started streaming some stuff as I think one in shock would. Um, I have a really high pain tolerance. So I just thought the dog like bit me and then kind of like released. I didn't know that he like had taken everything. We got the dog in one of the closets in the other room. And then I like was over the sink and I was like, you you need to take me to the hospital. Like, I don't care what you do. Like you need to take me to the hospital. Like this is bad. We were basically in the house for a good like 30 minutes before we went to the hospital and the hospital was 11 minutes away. My cousin wasn't from Arizona. She like comes and visits and goes, but she didn't really like know where to take me or like know what to do. So I think her shock was, I don't know. I don't want to talk bad on anyone, but I just wish like some of the situations were different that happened. with. So it took me 11 minutes to get to the hospital. Well, from the 30, so it was like 44 minutes and um, my lip was off ice. And once I got to the hospital, because of COVID, they had to test me. They had to ask me questions. I'm sweating right now thinking about this. Oh my God. I walked up and they had like an outside like check-in, right? Before you even got into the hospital. So I was like standing there with a rag like over my face because my cousin threw it at me. She's like, I can't look at you like that. Like threw a rag on my face. I was like, okay, like what the hell is happening? Put the rag over my face, got to the hospital. I'm like sitting there. There's a nurse. She's like typing on the computer outside. She's like, hi, what's your name? Like Brooklyn. She's like, can you spell it for me? I'm like, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N. She's like, date of birth. Tell her my date of birth. She's like, what's your address? Give her my address. I was like, yo, like, I don't know what's going on. She's like, "Mm, okay, what are you here for? And I just like went like this. And she was like, "Uh, uh," like freaked out. And she's like, go into the, go, 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 go. So then I get there. Same thing at the other desk. So talk about learning patience. That's wild. Um, What was that pain like? Were you just in so much shock that you almost didn't even feel it? I wasn't in shock. Someone would say, well, that is shock. I was like very like aware of everything that was happening. Like I was like, hmm, like I'm feeling a little lightheaded. So I like drank water, calm myself down because my cousin was losing it. So like, as I think one would that saw someone's face like ripped off and probably didn't like blood. Like I completely understand. At the same time, I was like, we were driving and she's like, there was a cop on the side of the road. She was like, I'm just going to let the cop take you to the hospital. I was like, holy shit. Like we're six minutes away. Just if you can't drive, like pull over, let me drive. Like I got to get myself to the fucking hospital. Like I told her too. I was like, get me to the hospital. As soon as you drop me off, you can like freak out and do whatever you need to do, but just like get me there. So what did the doctors say when they first assessed 
what had happened, what was like, what did they, what was the conclusion that they all kind of came to? I mean, one of the nurses looked at me and he's like, can I take a picture of you? Uh, we have a group chat going on and we kind of like discuss the worst cases and you're definitely one of them. I was like, sure, dude, like <laughs> whatever. He took a picture. One of the other nurses, she's like, I'm, she just kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like she just was like really there for me. I think like more emotionally, uh, my parents didn't really know what was happening. I was told not to text anyone. So I didn't tell anyone. I kind of just sent um, a picture to uh, my friends and didn't really explain it. And everyone thought I was joking. So it was really gnarly. So I was in Arizona. So my parents like drove up there and then I told them, I was like, look, like, I know this is going to be emotional. I do not want you crying when you see me, like, just be strong. Like, I don't want to be like, oh shit. Like, I feel sorry for myself. I was like, please, like, I know it's emotional. And like, I know you're probably going to look at me and like, be really sad but like don't show it please like parents walked in they're like hey how you doing like I'm like good (laughs) thank god honestly because yeah I mean it's I feel like you would be so teetering on that point of like am I gonna lose it or do I just keep a level head about this because it is what it is right like crumbling like what what is crumbling really gonna do other than just put you in like a nasty headspace that is like a hairline away right yeah and my parents I mean thank god for them but I mean they were like we had six hours to cry in the car. We got it all out. Like, you did what you needed to do. Like, so sorry for, you know, putting you in that emotional spot. I mean, it is emotional. I, I know that they feel kind of guilty, but at the same time, I'm like, how are you feeling guilty? Like you had nothing to do. It's just like parent skill, I think. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions. I'm like, where do I go? Okay. So do you think that if you got to the hospital earlier with your lip on ice, would they have been able to reattach it? The timeline of like me being in the hospital was I got there um, about, about 1, 148, 148, roughly 150, almost two. My lip had been off ice for, I think, like 40 minutes. So by the time we got to the hospital and it was on the ice, I like remember being like in the hospital then kind of like the nurse like came in. She's like, that's your lip over there. I was like, thanks for letting me know. What is hospital they seem insane to me I have I literally like that's why I'm saying like this shit is like a movie like I don't even think that when I tell the story I'm like this is so weird that that happened to me like it doesn't even make sense so my lip was like it was like this and then when I looked at it it was literally like shriveled and up like this like in a U and I was like oh shit like (laughs) that looks like a worm like it looked literally like a worm so I got there at one around 150 around two and they were keeping me in the waiting room, like in this little hospital bed. And they were like, Oh, like we don't have any surgeons. We don't have an emergency team here. We're going to take you to another hospital. That's 40 minutes away. And I was like, okay. So then I was there from one to five. And then I had an ambulance come pick me up around five 30 and it took me on a 40 minute car ride because there was traffic around that time in Arizona. So I got there like six and I didn't go into like surgery to just kind of like fix the situation. I mean, cause they couldn't reattach it cause they did say that it died. They didn't take me into surgery until like 10 o'clock that night. It was like a whole day of me waiting around like, Oh my God, like what's going to happen? Like, come on. And I was alone. So I was literally just sitting in the hospital bed. My phone was on like 10% too. So I like, didn't have my phone. So I was like, how do you tell people that you're going through something without like trying to scare them? So I was like, Hey, just like in the hospital, you know, like, I don't know. It was crazy to be honest. It was kind of surreal. So the dog ripped off your whole upper lip and part of your nose as well, right? Yeah. So if you had looked at me in the hospital room, like right when the attack happened, this is like a bad way to explain it, but this is the only way to explain it visually 
it looked like someone like put a gun to my face and kind of like shot a bullet like it like from the side it was like completely gone like literally the tip of the nose was still there the septum completely gone and the left side of my face kind of like where he grabbed it more on that side I guess on like this side it was like more gone so like you can even see like this side is like more pushed down than this one this is like after the surgery and it's still very new so I will not look like this but um yeah he he took a lot off how many surgeries do you have to have in total? Because it took you a while to find the doctor to do the surgery as well, right? Yeah, it took me like a full year. I had gone like every day to talk to a different doctor, like from everywhere. And it was always like Zoom calls for 30 minutes. And then they'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to send you the invoice. And it'd be like $1,500 to have a doctor and be like, nah, I can't help you. Like, shut up. I am not even kidding. It was the most frustrating process, I think, for my mom and I both because- my mom's like trying to do all she can to help me. So like, this is her way of helping me, like finding me a doctor, getting me better. So like the way that she took the situation, talking to all these doctors, wanting me to like consult and, you know, just see what the next step would be. It was really hard on both of us, I think mentally, because it was like every doctor I talked to, I was like, no, he's not the one. Like, I don't like his attitude. Like, this is not what I want. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk bad on anyone, but I definitely was not feeling any of the doctors that I did until like the last one. My, my mom was like, look, you talk to this doctor. They had been in communication since like for like six months before I met them. So like we had to get the insurance to approve it. So I was like, I'm done spending money on people telling me like, no, like it's a lot of money. I'm just sitting here talking to them for 30 minutes. And they're like, nope. So um, I just felt like I was throwing money away at that point. So I was like, I'm not going to talk to anyone. I don't want a doctor. I'm not even going to get surgery. Like I was in that headspace. My mom's like, you can't walk around without a lip. Like I was like, yes, I can. Like I do do that. What are you talking about? Like, but I think she was like thinking of me for the future, not just for now, obviously. But um, yeah, so I am with Dr. Doe now. And the first time I met him, I was like, oh, I love him. Like I, I literally love him. Like this is the guy. Um, he, he's like the sweetest, most caring guy ever. Like he's like so humble so good at what he does. He is a trauma surgeon. So he deals with everything. And he's also like, so smart and just like does his research on like every little thing. Like he's just incredible. So yeah, it's my doctor now. Okay. So what is, what's the process? What is the procedure that you're going to be doing? I know there's several different surgeries that you need to have, right? Yeah. So the first one was definitely like the most gnarly, most uh, strategic one. They grafted from my arm and they put it on my face, but they actually took like nerve and an artery from my arm and they put it in through here and then connected it. So this like in like two months is going to have like sensation, like a normal lip would. So like all the nerves right now are fusing and like sometimes I'll be sitting and I like feel like sharp, like tingles. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I'm like, it's working. I'm going to need like a good, I mean, the next surgery, like the next stage of the operation is like really gnarly. I think mentally, not physically, but they have to implant tissue expanders to basically like, they're going to go right here, expand my face. I'm going to look like a chipmunk for like, I think like two to three months. So they're going to expand the skin because obviously there's like discoloration. So they're going to like go in, shave this down, shape it like a lip. The implants will be in, my face will be um, expanded. And then they're going to take it and like kind of place it down. So to make the skin 
all one and then matching. So I don't, I won't have like these scar lines. Um, how they're going to do that. I have no idea, but that's what they're doing. And then they're also going to give me my rhinoplasty. So my nose drop at the same time. So that was going to be a different step, but he's like, I'm already going to be in there working. I'm going to just like fix it. Um, if I can at that time too. So that takes one less step. So I'm super happy about that. So I guess like maybe four, two of them, like being for surgery and then the rest of them being cosmetic. So not that much, but I mean, at the same time it is. How relieved are you to have like found the doctor and now you're in the process, like you're doing it. You can feel your new lip coming to life. Like that's wild, man. Thank God for smart people, right? That like, oh my gosh. God's so cool. I think to me, I'm like the type to be like, I'm learning patience. I'm learning a lot of patience because I'm very like, I'm not going to do it. Like, let's just skip the stage. It's like, you know, and somebody the other day, like messaged me on Instagram, kind of like when I wasn't in my head, but I was like, Oh, I don't want to do any of this. Like, I'm like, so sick of being like going into surgery, talking to doctors. Like, I was just like, Oh, you know, some days you have good days. Some days you have bad days, but I was just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm like, so sick of being that person. That's like always in the hospital. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Especially now too, with like all the COVID things, like that probably just makes it even worse as well. Like on top of the world being upside down and you have to do so much of this stuff by yourself. Yeah, it's, it's annoying, but it is what it is. And I, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to not be in the hospital all the time. For my case, I guess with me, I am like, oh, like this sucks. But sometimes I'm like, it's okay. It's like part of life. And somebody messaged me when I was in that headspace the other day, like all they said was trust the process. And I like sat there and I looked at it and I was like, holy shit. Like I needed to hear that so bad. And it's also so true. Like I'm one to want to skip steps to just like get to the finish line faster. I really need to like, just trust every stage of the surgery and just know that like the end result is going to be so well worth it. So what about the decision to, to be so public about what's happened and to share the process with people through Instagram, through, you know, through even like doing a podcast like this to be able to talk about it. Um, the decision to do that. Also, this is my first podcast. So I'm really excited. <gasps> Yay. Well, thank you. So <laughs> when I got into the initial attack, I literally searched on the internet for so long trying to find someone similar to my case. And I found nothing. It's so, like literally in the hospital. I like, I remember like looking at my mom and I was like, I want to be that person that if somebody, and I hope nobody goes through this, but if somebody is in that situation, they can be like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like I'm going through this too. Growing up in high school, growing up in middle school, I was always bullied. So I never really cared what I looked like. Wait, how were you bullied? You're like the cutest, sweetest little thing. I'm telling you, like I literally was like so bullied. And my mom was always like, they're jealous, but it was really annoying. Like it was really bad. I was like, what am I doing to you? Like what, what did I do to offend you? Like, I'm just like, I literally was on the surf team. I did track. I like literally would just go and do my thing and then leave. And I was always like, I was one that like never wanted drama and never wanted, you know, um, but yeah, I was somehow like always bullied. So I feel like it built me to be very strong for me to be like, I don't care what I look like. You can say all the shit you want. Like it will not affect me. And that's exactly like what I think led me to hear. Like, I just don't care about what I look like. Um, I think like everyone's beautiful in their own way. Yeah. But just like being more public about it was me trying to be like, if somebody's seeing this on the other side of Instagram or whatever podcast or whatever interview I do, and they're going through the same thing to be like, oh my gosh, like it is okay to look a little different than what society's beauty standards are. I just want people to know that they're not alone and shit happens and you can't control it. Like in the first beginning process, like I was hiding my face all the time, like even from my parents, like I was like, don't look at me. Like I look, 
my mom's, my dad's like, you look beautiful. I don't see a difference. Like you are beautiful. You are you. And that's, that's everything. And I just feel like Instagram and just like certain beauty standards that are put on Instagram for you to compare yourself to is like, you know, for someone that has gone through something tragic or an accident or born with a, you know, a difference, they don't really have someone to be like, oh, I look like that too. Or, oh, like somebody looks different like me and, you know, not everyone's perfect and beautiful. Or I don't know. I just honestly, just to answer your question, I wanted to be that someone that someone could look up and be like, oh my gosh, I've gone through that. Or I'm going through that and I can relate. I can't even tell you the amount of people that have DM me pictures and videos and their stories about them being attacked by dogs. Like it is insane. Like it happens way more than I think, but all of them are like, thank you for sharing. I wish I was this strong. But like, to me, it's like, I just want to live my life and be able to post pictures and not have to hide from who I am. I can't change any of this. I can try to hide it as much as I want with a mask or whatever, but I'm done hiding. It's so exhausting. I bet, especially when, you know, you're more used to being out there and showcasing your life. And, you know, I mean, you've lived such a life already prior to this even happening that to just like halt in your tracks and hide away like that. Yeah, you're right. That seems exhausting to like switch your entire mindset and like, it seems depressing. It is. Yeah. And I remember my mom, like at the beginning of the surgery, she's like, Hey, you know, kind of being the mom that like cares and doesn't want me to get like hurt or whatever. She's like, Hey, I wouldn't post anything. Like I would just post you like take away your, your pictures online and just post you when you're done with all the surgeries. And I like looked at her and I was like, so you want me to like hide and like not show a process. And like, I literally took everything of what she said. And I was like, I'm not going to do any of that. Like, screw that. <laughs> like I'm going to post everything. I'm going to post the ugly. I'm going to post like things that people don't want to see because that's life. Like, and she was like, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I even said that. I was like, yeah, what the hell? Like, you know, she wanted me to do it so that it was like nothing ever happened. But like in my life, I'm like, I want people to be like, oh shit, that happened. Now she looks like this. That's cool. Fight fans, throw your best haymaker with a risk-free first bet from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code Renee and you'll be able to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. FanDuel offers all your favorite bets. Choose from the money line to the method of victory to which round the fight will end. And there's so much more. You can even parlay different fight bets together. The bigger your parlay, the bigger your potential payout becomes. You guys do not want to miss out on this. You know, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is also so incredibly easy to use. And when you win, you get paid in as little as two hours. Come on, man. Let's all get paid. To place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, and make every fight night mean more with the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-270-71117 for confidential help in Michigan. TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Let's rewind things back 
back to prior to the attack because right before the attack, you went on a date with your now girlfriend, Chloe Lukasiak. So you guys met right before this all happened. Tell me about you guys meeting and, you know, just your relationship and all that now. So we met five days before the accident, which is crazy. So like we went on our first date and we got coffee, went to the Grove. It was a great time. Literally had another date the next day, carving pumpkins. And then I went to Arizona and that's when it happened. So she had known me for five days. So she could have easily been like, good luck with your future. But she's like, no, like I'm going to be by your side. What are we doing? How can I help you? She's an unbelievable human. Like she is literally my best friend. I'm so lucky to like be dating my best friend and be in love because with my best friend, because it's like, she's everything. Like she has the best heart. She's gone to like every doctor's appointment I've ever had, like seriously stuck by my side. She's literally everything. What was the first moment like when you guys were able to see each other after the attack? I was like sitting on my bed at home and she like walked in and as soon as the door opened, I smelt her perfume. Like she wears Chanel. I like literally smelt and I was like, oh my God, Chloe's here. Like, you know, I'm like fresh out of the hospital. I'm like, how do I get like prepared for this? Like, what do you know? I'm like putting deodorant on. I'm like, hey, how are you? Like she brought me a book. She brought me flowers. I was like so scared that she was going to be like scared of me. I think it's, I could think it's like a very vulnerable thing to like show someone kind of like what you're going through. But every day since day one, she just like reassured me that I'm like the most beautiful human ever. And just like her words of affirmation and the love that she's shown me definitely made me love myself too. So that's so cool. Well, very nice to hear that. Um, let's go into the skateboarding world. So pro skateboarder slash model. Um, also, sorry, before I even dive into that, were you not supposed to film your first commercial right before this happened as well? Yeah, I was. And it was for skating and it was for surfing. So like, it was like one of those commercials that they don't really tell you what's happening, but it was like nationwide. And, um, so I had like gone and filmed for that. And then I got a call back and then I had to do a second interview and then I got it. Like they said yes. And I was supposed to film then because of COVID they set it back till after I got back from Arizona. So that was like my whole dream. <laughs> that sounds really weird, but I was like, I'm going to be on a commercial. Like I'm going to do that. Like that's going to be like my goal. Cause it's like, I don't know. I'm from Orange County. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm just like from this like little city in Orange County, but I was like, I want to do that. Like, like mainly for like skating and like something to do with sports. Like I was like, that would be so sick to be like a sport model or whatever, do a commercial. Yeah. The way that it came was super fun. But then I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you're sitting in the hotel room and I was like, my life just changed in the split of a second. Like not going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those moments where you're just like, dang it. Like that's obviously not meant to be for right now, but like kind of hard to swallow. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, like maybe in the future, like, something out of it, like this podcast. Exactly. So the skate world, how did you get interested in skateboarding and then looking to go pro? Growing up, I feel like I would always see guys skating and I never saw a girl skating, at least like not in my city. My parents had grown up in the graphic and sticker and that kind of whole world of like graphic design. And they had done like World Industries, Vans, Quicksilver, all of those brands that are like super, super big, DC, all of them, Nike. I'd grown up with seeing, you know, the actions and the sports uh, with skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing. And I was always very interested, but never like knew how to get into it. Um, my parents a long time ago got gifted like a world industry set up like a skateboard. And I was like, dang, like I'm going to buy that. I started getting into it in like senior, senior year of high school. I was like always 
very like, if a guy can do it, so can I. So I saw like guys skating all the time. And I was like, I want to do that. So I literally pulled up to a skate park, not knowing what I was doing at all. Like when I tell you like eating shit was like basically what I did all the time in the beginning, like that's how it was. Skating is like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know like at anything at all. I would see people drop in. I was like, I'm going to do that. So I would just learn from like visually seeing people do it. And I was good at it. And I just continued to do it. And I love it so much. Like it seriously is like that thing that like, if I'm having a bad day, I'll go skate and I'll come back home and be like, all right, what do I have to do? Like it's so relieving in every way to me. And I've met so many great friends and made it made so many creative and fun memories from it too. So I love skateboarding so much and I'm so blessed to be able to do it um, and make a living off of it. It's super, super cool. How did it come about that you turned pro? Like how long did it take you to get good? And then people start like wanting to work with you. How does that work? I have no idea the skateboarding industry works. Honestly, I don't even know it either, but basically along the lines of just like, I started posting my videos and I would post like me failing and then completing a trick. And I had a lot of companies like, Hey, let me send you stuff, you know, rocket in a video. But I, I always took free stuff and I never asked for like anything back. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I love clothes. Like I didn't really grow up getting like a lot of new stuff. It was always kind of hand me down. So I was like, Oh my gosh, like a company wants to send me clothes. Like I was so excited about that. And then March of 2020, um, DC shoes, a guy named Jimmy that's at DC shoes. He messaged me and he's like, Hey, is anyone sending you shoes? How is that working with your life right now? Can I send you shoes? Do you want to be on DC? And I was like, these two shoes, like that is like the OG, like skate shoe and just like apparel in general. And I got so excited and it was kind of when the attack happened. And I was like, I remember just like kind of sitting and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like I can't model anymore. I do skate, but I don't make anything off of it. I could go get a job, but I'm going to have to be going into surgery again. You know, like so many thoughts in my head of like, I can't, I can't, I can't. When it was like, Hey, let me give you a shoe, go and skate. We love what you do. We're going to support you no matter what. So everyone at DC shoes has been just like Emily, Chelsea, John and Jimmy and heavy. Like they have just supported me through this whole thing. And like, seriously, like without them, I don't even know where I'd be mentally, but they have just created such like a cool environment for the skate culture with me, especially it's, it's been awesome. So yeah, I ride for DC shoes. I, I get boards from element and then the hundreds, uh, it's a clothing company. I'm just like blessed. Honestly, I'm like super happy and I'm blessed. I go on skate trips a lot with DC shoes. We just went to Austin, Texas. We just like make skate um, pro videos and it, it, it's coming out soon. I don't really know what they're doing with it, but hasn't came out yet, but it will be. Um, yeah, it's fun. What was the first time like stepping back on a skateboard as, as you said, I mean, after the surgeries, you weren't allowed to do anything. You couldn't walk, you, well, you could walk, you couldn't run. You could, you know, there's so many things that you couldn't do when you could finally step back on a skateboard. What was that like? I was scared. I'm not even going to lie. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, like my legs are so spaghetti feeling. Like I feel like in my head, I was like, I was so excited to get back on a board, but I was like, what if I can't kickflip? What if I can't do this? Like so much doubt in my head instead of just doing it. So I have like a little, you know, like a little skate group of like little kids around the neighborhood that are always skate with me when I'm home back in Orange County. But they like came and they were like, just try it. Like you got it. Like muscle memory, like, you know what you're doing. And I was like, you're so right. So I did it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like there was such a good feeling in my heart. Just like, I'm like, okay, I can do it. Like I'm back, baby. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so after that, I was like, let's go. Like, it, but it was definitely intimidating. Like, you know, like not doing something for so long and then just like, having to get back into it and make videos and create. I was like, Oh my gosh, it was so intimidating, but it was good. It was a good feeling. I just got cleared to skate again. 
but I'm like, Ooh, how, like, how's that going to work? Like, you know, I had so much anesthesia in my body. The surgery was supposed to be eight hours and it went 20 hours. Oh my God. So I was under for a long time. Like I was literally knocked out for two days. Holy crap. Yeah. So like my body's still like kind of weak and like kind of weird after that, because anesthesia takes like so long to wear off. But, um, I did like my first take flip the other day and I was like, Oh, come on. Like we're back. I'm ready to go to like skate parks and just kind of, you know, sometimes I think it's a good thing to take a break from your sport because you feel like so much more compassion for it instead of it just being work, if that makes sense. Well, listen, I'm nowhere near your skill level, but I don't want to brag, but I got some passes to go snowboarding this oh, year. Oh, yes. Where I have going? not gone. So we just moved to Cincinnati. So we have to go. There's like some kind of small hill in Indiana uh, that we can get to, but I have not snowboarded in legit at least a decade. So I'm going to be eating shit a lot. I'll send you some videos of me just biting it. <laughs> hey, you need some uh, snow boots? I got you. Send me your address. I was- oh, my God. I was literally just looking some up. I'm like, I got to get some boots. I got to get sorted. I got you. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to like get back out and do it. I've not done it in such a long time because I, I just moved from Las Vegas, which I, I, you know, there's hills and stuff out around there, but uh, I'm ready to like resubmerge into the winter world going to kill it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope you. so. <laughs> that was so funny. I went to Chicago. That's where my family lived. And I went there and they were like, Hey, we're going to go snowboarding. And I was like, this shit is flat. Like, where are you going to snowboard? Like where? Well, I think we went to like Wisconsin and it's a trash hill. Like literally, I think they like piled trash and then they made it. A yeah, snowboard. I've heard of those before. Yeah. It's very weird. It was so fun. So, hey, one other thing that I was um, reading about when I was uh, getting ready for this interview was you talking about phantom nerve syndrome. What is that? Oh, my God. It was the craziest thing I think I've ever experienced. Obviously, I haven't gone through something like this, but when people go through something, trauma case or them just like losing a finger or an arm or any part of your body, your brain still has like nerve sensation in that spot that is missing. So I would be like sitting, drinking coffee out of my straw and I'd be like, oh my God, my lip is itchy. And I'd like try to like itch it and nothing would be there. And I was like, and it doesn't stop. Like it just like keeps going. So like I would be sitting there and it would be like itching and I'd be like, oh my God, like it's just my teeth right there. Like what the hell? And then I would look it up and then my mom was like, you have phantom nerve pain or syndrome. And I was like, what the hell is that? So basically your brain tells your face that it's like still there because it's still like new that it's not there. So I still have it too, even with this. Like, oh my gosh. But now I have something there. So I'm like, but I can't even feel it. So it's, it's very weird, but it was so trippy. Our bodies are nuts. Like our bodies and our brains, like, oh my God. I've learned so much about the body and it is beyond like, like, I'm like, God, you really like took time to do everything. Cause like, that is, cra- it's so crazy. It's insane to me. Like, I don't even get it. Like even every time I go to a doctor's appointment, my doctor will explain the face and the muscles and everything. And I'm just like sitting there, like no idea what you're saying, but this is crazy. Like <laughs> yeah. it's insane. Like everything that goes into our bodies, it's seriously so trippy. Oh my gosh. Um, and for the dog, what ended up happening to the dog? So I gave my cousin authority to do whatever he wanted. Unfortunately, the dog was euthanized. I was in the hospital. My nurse, Lisa, the funniest person ever, the animal patrol walked in and he this like, this guy was like, are you the one that got attacked? And she like looked at him. She's like, no shit. Like kind of like pointed to <laughs> my face. <laughs> and he's like, all right, that's all we needed to hear. He's like, first thing I was like, Brooklyn, they walked out. Um, my cousin came in. I was like, Hey, 
if you want to not put your dog down, like I give you all authority to not do that. Like I know, like I love my dog. She's my best friend. I have a little palm tree. She's tiny. But I was like, if you want to like keep that dog, like just be careful. Like do not let this happen to somebody else. That's literally what I told them. I was like, you can totally like, you do not have to put your dog down if you don't want it. But unfortunately um, they were like, we're scared of the dog. Like we don't want to be around a dog that can do something that damn another human. Um, so yeah, the dog ended up being euthanized and everyone on Instagram comes from my throat. Like the backlash that I get on Instagram is probably like the worst thing of all of this because I am very much in love with all animals. And for me to be sitting on the other end of the screen, reading the comments that I do, it's like, it's, it's horrific. It was not my decision decision at all to put the dog down, but yeah, they, they, uh, ended up euthanizing the dog. It's so crazy the way people react to stuff that they have no idea about, like, this, you know, what the story is behind it or like this, like knee jerk reaction of like, uh, I went through a huge thing as well. Like what? Like right when the accident happened and I decided to like share it on Instagram, there was so many like pit bull pages that would like come DM me and be like, you should have died. That dog should have killed you. That dog shouldn't have died. Like, I don't know why you're still alive. Like the fact that you have the audacity to say that was just totally completely like crazy to me. Like I, I still get them. They'll go on. Like I, if you go on my Instagram right now and go down to the page of me cuddling with that bear, they're still talking like so much shit. It's crazy. Like I'll literally open my phone right now. And like, Chloe's always like, don't look at that. Like you can't read that stuff. But at the same time, it's so hard not to, because they're like, they're telling the story how they want. And I'm like, that's not true. That didn't happen. Like a lot of these people are saying like, I, I get random, like TikTok sent to me of people like trying to tell my story. And it's like, she bent down to try to kiss the dog or she had a treat in between her mouth and she was trying to taunt the dog. I'm like, you have no idea what I was nowhere close to the dog. Like I was not in his face at all. So it's like me, like reading comments. I'm like, they don't even know. Like they weren't even there. Like I get like almost angry. Cause I'm like, you are just sitting behind the screen and you have no idea. And I'm like going through something traumatic and you're like, you're the one to tell the story. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, okay. On a positive note, you're um, an overall aficionado. Where do we get the best overalls from? I also love an overall. I love a one piece. I love it all. I have a lot of overalls. I am also, I feel like I'm at that point where I'm like, I think I have too much overalls. So if you want one, I swear to God, I will send you like whatever one you want. Like I have overalls that I didn't even know that I had that I was like, oh my God. Like I, I'm telling you, I go to LA and then um, to Orange County and I like opened my closet and I was like, oh my God, I have these. Like I didn't even know. So if you want some overalls, I will send them. All the overalls that I have, mainly all the clothes that I have are all basically thrifted. So like, I'm like, I love thrifting. I think it's super cool. It's so fun to like get things that are so unique that nobody else has too. So yeah, definitely thrift shops. I get all my overalls and like all my clothes from thrift shops is, is where I, I get them. God, I wish I had the energy to do that. Now I'm just like, send it to my house, order it online, hope for the best. I go in ebbs and flows. I definitely am like, sometimes I have the patience to like, look I usually like the thrift shops that I go to I usually know the sections to look for but sometimes I'm like oh not today <laughs> I'll literally walk out so I think it just depends on the mood you know and the weather I guess but yeah it's fun it's fun so Brooklyn this is the first episode of 2022 for the sessions what are your new year's resolutions do you have any are you a believer of new year's resolutions my new year's resolution is to travel. Like I got to get out of California. Like I want to go see the world and just like see what else is out there. Where's your dream spot? Where are you like dying to go skateboard through? 
Well, I'm Lebanese and Greek, so I really want to go to Greece, like really, really bad. So I think I'm definitely going to like plan to go take a trip there. It's kind of hard with COVID because everything is re-shut down. I know. And then if you do get there, it's like, are you really getting the full experience? Probably not, right? Exactly. I've had friends go to Greece and they went kind of like when everything was like, okay. And they still were saying like a lot of things were locked down. So it's like, I don't know when I'm ever going to like be able to go and skate and like skating in another place, especially another country is like, you have to go with a skate group. And I'm like the type to like, not want to like disrupt property. I'm like one of those skaters that are like, Oh, this is great. Like pretty I'll crash it. You know? So um, rather skaters are like, what? That's the point of skating. And I'm like, ah. um, honestly, like anywhere, like I find skating so fun in every place that I'm in, I can skate a parking lot and skate a curb for like three hours and it'll be fun to me. But definitely like my dreams have been to go. I really want to go to Indonesia, Greece, Lebanon, but not right now. Um, I just want to go. I want to go to France. I'm going to Italy. Everywhere is to me. Skateboarding is also like very creative because it's like, you can make anything skatable, right? It's like, I can see something be like, Oh, I'm going to do that. Or I can skate that, or let's do this. Let's try this. So I'd love to skate anywhere. Cause it's like, like I said, it's just like a creative, that's how you look at it. Sweet. Well, Brooklyn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I am, uh, I'm really just happy that I got to like meet you and talk to you and help to share your story. It's truly inspirational. So you're a hell of a woman. Thank you. And thank you for reaching out. And I'm so excited to like be on my first podcast. Yay. And I'm serious about those overalls and snow boots. Guys, if you liked what you heard, you can see these interviews over on my YouTube page. They all go up there. Um, You can see us chatting, see what the conversation looked like. Um, Just check out Renee Paquette over on YouTube. It'll all pop up on there. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good, good stuff. Um, You know where to follow me, which is just at Renee Paquette, both on Twitter and on the, uh, the old Instagram follow the volume sports and if you want to keep checking out everything going on with uh, brooklyn curry which i highly suggest that you do because she is amazing and beautiful and so damn cool um check her out it's brew curry she kind of threw it all together there b-r-o-k-h-o-u-r-y check her out follow her you won't regret it because she is cool as all hell all right guys this has been the sessions see you next time